Welcome to Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. We are your hosts. I'm Spen Harris. He's Nick Harris. We have, you're Nicky not Harris. We have a lot to talk about with this Brooklyn Nets team. Mostly good. I mean, Nick, I don't know about you. This team might be the greatest squad assembled since the 1996 Chicago Bulls. What do you think? I'm of- a- I might say the greatest squad assembled since the 2003 Remember the Titans. Ah, shit, I think it was 2000 football team with uh, Petey Jones, Sunshine, Ronnie Bass, Gary Bertier, Julius. Left side. Strong side. You don't get to say that, though. Okay. I was more of a varsity blues guy myself. No, I was more of a, a Shane Falco replacements guy you couldn't remember the name, your, your favorite movie of all time i was too busy remembering the titans oh god nick this nets team is on fire with a capital f and a capital ire they are eight and one in their last nine games we're gonna get to the last four games that they played we'll start with the wizards win on monday night but just overall what are you seeing from this team that we were not seeing when steve nash was at the helm it's deep uh, success. Success. I, I think Jacques Vaughn uh, gives this team kind of a sense of purpose and motivation. Uh, they seem to have more humility. There's, it's it's not as much of an ego battle. They're not playing as isolated. Kyrie, even since the whole controversy he's been a part of, is coming back and playing a lot more with his teammates, setting up his teammates, selfless basketball. I'm seeing just a better overall camaraderie and attitude towards the organization and to each other uh, since Jacques Vaughn has taken the helm of this team uh, and the desire to win and the knowledge that they can win. And I think eight and two in the last 10 games is reason enough for this team to, to take it more seriously, to believe in themselves more. Joe Harris coming back, starting to find his groove, which I have to give a shout out to Richard Jefferson because they actually set a stat like it was like November 26th. Richard Jefferson was like, I know Joe Harris has been shooting horribly, but I think he's been working hard to find his stroke and I see him shooting well over the next few weeks. And Joe Harris jumped from like 35% to 55% in like a span of a couple days after Richard Jefferson called that. So everything's falling into place, even with Simmons out for those last couple games until last game. Uh, everyone's stepping up. TJ Warren stepping up. Claxon stepping up. We're going to get into that C-team step up where Dayron Sharp had 20 and 10. Cam Thomas had a 30-burger. So all great things overall, what I'm seeing is a shift in attitude and a shift in, in the desire to win. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that with Steve Nash, it was a lot of they should be playing better, but m- more so they expected to win just because of their talent. And we saw that these last few years, years under Nash where they get to the playoffs and then boom, they get outplayed or they get out hustled or, or they don't play together as a team. And everyone says, well, they underachieved because they're the Nets and they have KD and Kyrie. Great players don't win championships. Great teams win championships. So I I think the biggest difference, you kind of touched on it, is is everyone on the Nets 
are starting to play and and earn these wins. They're not no win has been given to them. They've earned every single win that they've gotten in this last stretch. And the only other thing I'll say about the difference between Jacques Vaughn and Steve Nash, Jacques Vaughn calls timeouts appropriately. Steve Nash never did that. Steve Nash, we, we, we'd get hit with a, with a, with a 10-0 run, and Steve Nash would be like, all right, guys, figure it out. Kevin Durant, Kyrie, lead the team. No. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are equally top five at their position. Kevin Durant's probably top two, but they are not the head coaches on this team. They are not. So I just love what, what Vaughn has, has done in the sense of, yeah, he's gotten these guys to play harder. They're, they're playing more efficiently on defense. Um, they're moving the ball on offense and, uh, and he's calling timeouts. That, that, that to me is the major difference. Nick has had to step out for a moment. That's okay. We're going to continue to talk some Brooklyn Nets basketball. And we are going to start, or I guess keep going, with the 112-100 Brooklyn Nets win over the Washington Wizards on Monday night. This was, I don't want to say it was one of the best team wins because you only had five guys in double figures. Um, Kevin Durant led the way with 30 points. Again, when he's playing in Washington, he is dialed in. That is where he's from. He's a diehard Nationals fan. He's made that very clear to us that he does not give two shits about the Aaron Judge in New York contract. He's all about them Nats. Um, but he's a Washington guy. He's from that area. So, you know, when he plays there, he's dialed in 30 points, 11 of 17 from the field, three of six from three, five of five from the line, nine rebounds, six assists for Kevin Durant. He continues his MVP campaign. He's been playing out of his mind these last few games. Kyrie Irving, Nick touched on it earlier. He's really, you know, as someone who's pretty critical of Kyrie on the court, I don't think he necessarily always takes the best shots. Uh, He has been superb as of late. 24 points for Kai in this one, 7 of 17 from the field, 3 of 10 from 3. But his three-pointers, the ones he makes, they always seem so timely, don't they? And same with his misses. I, I mean, he missed seven threes in that game. I guess we didn't really notice it because we were winning. We were up the entire game. Um, also, seven of seven from the field, uh, from free from the free throw line. So him and KD were a combined 12 of 12 from the free throw line. You love to see that. Six rebounds, five assists for Kyrie. He's been playing brilliant basketball as of late. He's been really leading this team, and he's been running the point a lot with Ben Simmons out. Simmons in his return. Okay game for him, 10 points, 8 assists, I'm sorry, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. He was 5 of 9 from the field in 23 minutes. Jacques Vaughn has got to be careful with his minutes. We did not need him a ton in this one. The number I do like for Ben Simmons is 2 fouls. He really was a nightmare uh, for Kristaps Porzingis down the stretch. He really did a good job of of shutting him out after Porzingis got to a hot start. Um, And the other guy I want to call out is, is Joe Harris. 11 points, five of nine from the field, one of three from three-point range. But he, he's he been playing some really good defense as of late. There was a play where the Nets went cold down the stretch. Washington was inching back in this game. Uh, and Joe Harris took the ball from Corey Kispert. I think the score, they were up seven or eight. He stole it, went down the other way, hit a layup to basically ice the game. I got to give Joe Harris credit. And, and you talked about this earlier, Nick. Nick is back, by the way. Nick, what happened there? I had a bit of a work emergency, but we're good. Emergency. Got it. Um, no, look, it's it's nice when your teammates and your coach believes in you, even when you're on a cold stretch. And that's what we're sort of seeing with Joe Harris. That's what we've seen with Seth Curry a little bit. 
we know these guys are, are bona fide studs when it comes to shooting, and they're going to go into shooting lulls. But it's nice to see Jacques Vaughn and Joe Harris's teammates back him and say, look, we know you're missing right now early in the season. Your legs aren't there. Now we're starting to see why that confidence in your your best shooters pays off. Well, let's just uh, let's just call a spade yeah. a spade. If Joe Harris can't hit a three pointer, he has no right being on the basketball court. We already know he has no, he has no right. We already, he already know he has, he's a subpar defender. So his defending is just icing on the cake. He is in a Nets uniform. He is in the National Basketball League. If National Basketball Association, the NBL, the NBA, if he could hit three-pointers. And if not, he's not providing enough offensively or defensively to play. So, yes, we gave him a little bit of time, but we were even doubtful on him. And I remember seeing a tweet uh, a couple weeks ago saying, Joe Harris is a bad defender. If he is not hitting shots, we have no reason to give him any minutes. And to reiterate my point, that's true. So let's not sugarcoat and say, oh, his legs are finally back. Like, he's doing well. Like, He's doing what he needs to do for the team and for himself to be a part of this team. So that's that. And I'm happy he's doing it because I love Joe Harris as much as we joke around about how handsome he is. And he's a super handsome guy. He's got a, a, a job to do and it's nice to see him finally doing it. Yeah. And listen, if he's going to steal the ball from anybody, it's probably going to be Corey Kispert. Oh, he's also a handsome guy. Yeah, I, also, I don't want to start that. I don't want to start that narrative where every uh, white three-point shooter in the NBA is a handsome guy. Let's not. Do it's that. not because they're white. It's because of his jawline. I also want to mention. Uh, I don't know if you wrote this down about the Wizards game. Did you see what Kevin Durant said about Bradley Beal? Yeah, he's a Hall of Fame player. Yeah, how'd you feel about that? He's not. I, I right. It's like so early. Like the guy's averaged twenty-five in the past like five seasons. I think thirty-one one season. But like shooting forty-five percent. But you're telling me he's a, he's a, an auto Hall of Fame. Yeah, I don't, I don't think like, that's the case. Um, no, the, the one thing I want to say about this game, you know, I talked about Durant's performance, Irving's performance, Simmons' performance. Claxton was actually a plus 22 in this one. Nine Claxton, Claxton. Do you know what that's from? No. Uh, Ian Eagle was commentating while they were playing the Orlando Magic, who has bowl, bowl. And he goes, bowl, bowl, guarding Claxton, Claxton. It's very funny. Iron Eagles, uh, one of the best in the business, if not the best. No, Claxton was was good in this one. Four or four from the field for nine points. He was a plus 22. Two blocks. Uh, he had one block down the stretch. Um, he has been great as our only center. And uh, the, the one thing I want to say about this game is, you know, the Nets, they, they won the first quarter 29-25. The Wizards really started the second quarter strong. And they hit the nets in the mouth. I forget what the run they went on was, but they, I, I think, took the lead by by a few points. Um, Porzingis was hitting, Kuzma was hitting, and it seemed like you know the net. Will Barton had a great game, twenty two points for Will Barton off the bench, twenty for Kyle Kuzma, twenty for Kristaps Porzingis. That seemed like a moment under Nash where the Nets might just not give up, but loosen on their principles on defense. And that of my, that might've been a stretch where Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving tried to do too much. And, and the nets would fall apart in those instances, you know, in the beginning of the season, they yeah. did a great job of weathering the storm early in that second quarter and basically taking back momentum midway through that quarter. That was when I think Kyrie went on a little bit of a run um, and they just started hitting shots. They ended up scoring 33 points to the wizards 30 in that quarter. And they outscored the Wizards in each quarter for the remainder of the game. 32 to the Wizards, 28 in the third, 18 to the Wizards, 17 in the fourth. So this was a not a wire-to-wire -wire victory because they were trailing in the second, but you like to see how the Nets adjusted after halftime, 
They really did a good job of shutting down Porzingis in that second half. Um, and the final guy I, I got to give credit to is TJ Warren. You brought him up 12 bench. I mean, that mid-range is wet. He does not miss Splash. mid-range shots. Splash. Um, he is like, to me, he's a miniature version, not in size, but more in just like terms of production. He's Kevin Durant in a weird way. He's he's 6'9", 6'10". Uh, how tall is he? Look that up for he's me. 6'8". So you're wrong again. Okay. But no, he 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 can score any he, – he's 6'8". You're right, 220. Um, his mid-range game is phenomenal. He can hit the three. He can take it to the basket. His basketball IQ is very high. He also had three assists in this one, four rebounds. He had a play where I, I think he stole the ball. It was a fast break. There were two guys behind him, and he had the awareness to basically take two steps, fake like he was going off, and he dumped it to Edmund Sumner for the layup. So loved what you saw from TJ Warren. No Royce O'Neal in this game. Did not matter. Do you have any more comments on the Nets beating the Wizards 112-100? I mean, listen, adjust, shimlust. You could say we adjusted. You could say we stepped up defensively. You could say Joe Harris shot well. At the end of the day, give credit to Jacques Vaughn for resting all his starters against the Pacers. We'll get to that game where our C team won the game. It was unbelievable. But, I, I mean, this is just a rested team ready to keep winning and ready to keep succeeding. And they all got the time off and time deserved. We rested our top eight guys against the Indiana Pacers and were able to get a victory, which was huge. And to bring our A team back and continue winning, that to me is a bigger feat than these role players doing what we know they could do, their roles. They're called role players. Put some butter on that role and be a role player. I also want to say you, for being someone knowledgeable about the Nets and about players and updates and tweets and schmeets, you never know how tall someone is. So we're going to do a segment at the end of this episode where I name a player on the Nets and don't look. I swear to God, if you Google anything and give me their height, because I feel like you're going to say Patty Mills is 7'2". Because like, I don't know if your depth perception is off or you just like, like to give these guys a lot more credit. Like I think one time you thought Blake Griffin was like way taller than he was. I think you gave uh, someone like Kyrie Irving three, Steph Curry three inches. So... Coming from someone who doesn't have a lot of inches, Spencer, we'll talk inches later on the pod. All right. I'm totally cool to play that game. Don't let me forget. Um, my one final question from this game, if you had to take one player off the Wizards and put them on the Nets, and realistically, so I'm not talking about a Hall of Fame-bound Bradley Beal, uh, who is that one player that you would want to trade for? Well, I know you want me to say the Israeli Denny Avdia. Uh, I don't know if I would say I don't. that. I don't know why you think that. Because before, like a couple episodes ago, you said that would be a great pickup for us. I said they have like four or five guys we could use, and he was one of them. I I just don't think because you're Jewish and you've been to Israel, you're going to want Avida on the team. Well, that is why. Honestly, you know who I want? Taj Gibson. You know who I want? And this is a real – I want Daniel Gafford. Okay. He could be such a more expensive than Taj Gibson. To – to Nick Claxton, if he was our backup five, I mean, you saw him coming yesterday at 10 points in 20 minutes, four or four from the field. He, he had, he had a double, double in 20 That's minutes. Former Arkansas Razorback from, uh, from 2019 pick number 38 overall, Daniel Gafford. He is someone who I think the Nets can use immediately. Yeah. Kuzma would be great. Uh, Porzingis. I'm kind of out on Porzingis after yesterday. He looked amazing, unstoppable in that first half. And then he didn't play in the fourth quarter. Cause he had back issues. Like, come on. I've heard from people and from reports, Kuzma 
solid this year. Obviously, he's averaging about 20 points, shooting, I want to say, above 45%. Uh, let me just confirm because I'm usually more of a stat guy than you are, you big, dumb, stupid idiot. You get really uh, he, good statistics in college. Kuzma is shooting 45, yeah, 46% this year, averaging 21 a game, 7.7 rebounds. I've heard from people, and I've read a few articles, he has this confidence to him that he thinks he's the best guy every single time he steps on the court. And granted, he wasn't even like top three when they played the Nets because you wouldn't put him above KD, uh, Kyrie, or Porzingis. So I got to give him credit where credit's due. He shoots well, and he's got this unbelievable chutzpah to him. But with that said, not going to be an all-star. Not a guy I necessarily think we would want or need. Um, Kind of another three stretch stretch three maybe can play some four but he shoots the ball doesn't um doesn't play unbelievable defense doesn't contribute too much on on assists so not someone i want personally i'm with you that that makes sense um all right we're gonna move on to the beginning of the week the nets played the charlotte hornets on wednesday december 7th they won this game 122 to 116 uh, your high man was Kyrie Irving. He had 33 points in this one. Kevin Durant chipped in 29 points, nine rebounds, eight assists, and your third highest scorer for the Nets was Seth Curry with 20 points. Brooklyn absolutely dominated the Hornets in that first half. Uh, they had 38 to the Hornets, 28 in the first quarter, 35 to the Hornets, 27 in the second quarter. Curry could not miss in that first half. I think like out of his 20 points, I think 16 or 18 came in the first half. Uh, second half, different story. Hornets outscored the Nets 32 to 23 in the third. Terry Rozier got really hot. He had 29 points in this one. Ubre, who always kills the Nets, he got hot in the second half, 28 for him. Nets were able to hold on. Um, not much to say about this, this, this victory other than like, this is another game that you should win. Uh, nice that we did win, but it, it was too close for my liking, Nick. Yeah, this is one of those games that I was like, holy shit, we're absolutely demolishing. This game's over. And then I texted my roommate, Eric, who I always text and say, we're playing too well in the first half. This means we'll let the team back in in the second, which we have a tendency to do. And I don't even want to say it's like we take our foot off the gas because that's only part of it. I almost feel like we allow a team to make adjustments and allow those adjustments to F with our confidence and our system and our structure that has been working so well for us. Um so was not surprised that Charlotte came back in the third, made it a game. Fourth only outscored us by three, but still winning by six did not do this game justice. Uh, just looking at the stat lines, we got three guys in double digits. They got five guys, every single one of their starters in double digits, which is a great sign for just more of a team game. McDaniels 19, Washington 12, Plumlee 13, Ubre 28, Rozier 29. Really nobody else on their team did much, but We kind of relied on our guys down the stretch. They kind of relied on their team, and they were able to fight their way back into this game. Again, Hornets doing pretty terribly this year, a team we need to beat. Didn't like how close it got, uh, was a little uncomfortable at times. Terry, dude, scary Terry. I know he went from a C's team that's a a championship contender to a Hornets team that's like a maybe a last spot in the East, but he he found himself a home and a groove. And they allow him to do his thing. And when given free range, that hit, that dude hit some crazy shots. Some like fade in the corner perimeter threes and clutch time. Like I got to give Terry, Scary Terry some credit because no one out here is saying this dude's an elite player. And yet he'll surprise you. Yeah, I think that when he plays Kyrie Irving, he takes it personally, personally right? Terry Rozier was on that Celtics team when Kyrie got hurt. 
that went on the run. They went pound for pound with LeBron. I think in one of his last years uh, with the Cavs, I believe it was, was it that year? Or was LeBron with the Heat? I don't remember. No, that's, it was LeBron's second run with the Cavs, I think. And his right? year, Terry, yeah. six foot nine. Because Kyrie had was on the Celtics and he was hurt and and Terry Rozier played out of his mind and then Kyrie came back and and Terry's role was essentially done with Boston. So I think he takes those matchups against Kyrie extremely personably and those two went at it. Um, it was nice to see. And Did you mean uh, personally, you said personably. Personally, you're right. Yeah, I didn't mean personally. He yeah, takes those matchups like very kindly. Like he's such a yeah. charismatic guy. No, no, no. It was it was a duel between those guys. I mean, 29 for Rozier, 33 for Irving. They were going back and forth. Uh, before we move on to anything else, I do want to give a shout out to my cousin Richard, who just wrote Yo, Spen and Nick. And uh, I also want to congratulate cousin Richard on his beautiful granddaughter who was recently brought into this world by his wonderful daughter, Jillian. Abigail Iris is the name of his granddaughter. So shout out to cousin Richard. Congratulations to you, Jackie, Absolutely Andrew, adorable, your family. Adorable child. We're very happy for you guys. And it was a blast to see you at the wedding a few weeks ago. I know oh, I said yeah. I wouldn't talk about the wedding, but he I, was forgot about, I forgot about the wedding. Um, all right. Yeah. Nothing else on this game. Uh, I did. The only thing I wanted to mention about that Wizards game, there were two plays in that Wizards game that I just wanted to touch on real fast. The Kyrie Irving switch hands in the air finger roll is that a move that you could ever pull off in a game me personally yeah 100 percent. okay yeah I and i will do it at my men's league playoff game tomorrow so sure, sure you will. love love some uh, footage of that and the other play was the kyrie irving fast break alley-oop to ben simmons um i don't want to be gross on this podcast but i got a little bit happy in my nether regions after watching that play that was a beautiful like, like you know that uh, that SpongeBob episode. This is actually probably not as gross as what I was thinking. The SpongeBob episode when um, he thinks SpongeBob thinks he's hilarious and he tries to do like entertainment instead of making Krabby Patties, and everyone gets really mad. And at the end, he starts putting the Krabby Patties on the grill, and everyone goes, "That's what we've been waiting for." Yeah, that was literally the Kyrie Irving to Ben Simmons alley oop fast break. I was so happy to see Ben Simmons aggressive, continue to go to the rim. He did not have a great game scoring the ball, but I, I just wanted to put that out there. I, I really want to see more of that. Okay. So I just want to say about, also, we yeah. don't do SpongeBob references. We only do Troy references. And the fact that you use SpongeBob <laughs> instead of Troy, it very much bothers me. You think, you think I'm going to get uh, sued by Nets depicted by SpongeBob now? I hope so. Shout out to our boy, Will. That's a great Twitter account. And that's depicted by SpongeBob. Please follow it if you don't already follow. He is the master of SpongeBob references. Okay, we move on to the game on Friday. So it came out that Jonte Murray earlier in the week would be out for the next few weeks with an ankle injury. Um, so they were playing without their, their second you know, starting guard with Trey Young. But Trey Young did play in this game. 33 points for Trey Young, nine assists. He is he is a tough cover, man. He absolutely kills us. Uh Bogdanovich was absolutely on fire from the bench. He had 31. It was not enough, Nick, because 7-11, Kevin Durant had 34. Kyrie Irving had 33 points and 11 rebounds from Kyrie. He's got to be what? 6-3, 6-4, 11 rebounds? That is insane. I mean, hey, I'm going to say he's 6-3. Uh, this was okay, a – He's 6-2. Uh, 
this was a great shooting night for both teams and a terrible turnover night for both teams. Yes. So we shot 54%. They shot 50% from the field. We shot 43% from three, which is unbelievable for us this year. They shot 35% from three, a little below their, their normal uh, uh, range there. But if I look at turnovers, dude, 21 turnovers to their 18, it's a little bit sloppy. This was a back and forth game where either someone was hitting the deep three or fucking throwing it out of bounds, uh, which was disappointing. But um, overall, fun game to watch. Trey Young, man, like you could hate on Trey and you could hate on the Hawks, but this dude is a stud. Like he, he, the way he almost is better in some ways than Steph Curry because he's smaller at getting space and using his footwork without traveling to create a step back, to create a sidestep, to get around someone, to get fouled. He's so smart with his body and his balance and his movement that like he's just he is a joy to watch as much as I wanted to beat him, and I'm glad we did. So, listen, shout-out to him. Shout-out to Bogdanovich. Both him and Bojan Bogdanovich on the Pistons had 30-point nights uh, in the past week, so congrats to both of them. I believe uh, are both Croatian. I know Bojan on the Pistons is. Uh, Bogdan is Serbian, so both former uh, parts of Yugoslavia, for those who did not know. With that said, I want to give one final shout-out to the Croatian national soccer team lost in the semifinals to Argentina. Ugly game, but what a run. 2018 finalist, 2022 semifinalist. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I know I bring up my wedding and my wife a lot on the show. Nick brings up a country that he isn't uh, even affiliated with. His what do you mean? I'm not a, just because I'm not from that country, I can't care about a country? You can care about them. You don't have to bring them up on every single podcast. I understand you're a fan of Croatia because one of your best friends is from there. I understand you've been there, but I think you've referenced Croatia the last three podcasts. And every time Bogdanovic comes up, you're like, oh, he's Croatian. Like, we all know that he is. I do. Croatia is a nation of four million people. It's the size of the state of Oklahoma. And yet they are getting to a final and a semifinal. Three semifinals in the last six World Cups. Sorry for being a sports fan. All right, you don't have to diss the the state of Oklahoma, right? We have a lot of listeners. It's a comparison. <laughs> um. All right. Yeah. My uh, my takeaway from this game uh, again, just like the Hornets, just like the Wizards, maybe the Hawks are a little bit better. Uh, this is a game that you know we we should have, right? They're they're down a superstar. We have our superstars. No Nick Claxton in this game didn't really matter. I mean, I, again, I said it earlier. Kyrie Irving was the high man with eleven rebounds. Nobody else on Royce O'Neal had the second most at nine rebounds. So that was insane. Um, you were talking about Trey Young being elite. That play that he did, where I think they were down six or eight. It was like the, the you know, the minutes, it was it was maybe three, four minutes left in the game, maybe less. He went off the backboard in a half-court set to John Collins for the alley oop. I was like, or was it Clint Capella? It wasn't, it wasn't John Collins. Um it might have been Clint Capella. I, I've never seen someone do that move, right? Like in the middle, like literally off backboard in a half-court set and the dude just dunked it. You have to have serious balls to make a pass like that. In like crunch time, nonetheless. Yeah. Anyway, uh, loved, loved what, and then again, TJ Warren, 14 points off the bench, six of eight from the field, one of two from three-point range, three assists, two rebounds, two steals. He has come in and he has been such an important piece off the bench. He is that guy who I've been preaching the Nets need for weeks. If you go back and listen to any episode, I've said Sean Marks needs a bigger wing. 
And guess what? Now that TJ Warren is healthy, he checks that box. He, he is so essential to what this team can do with that second unit. He gives you that miniature version of Kevin Durant down the stretch. So, again, that's two games, 14 points in this game, 12 points uh, in the Wizards game. He's been absolutely great. Simmons was, was all right in this one, six points, seven assists, six rebounds in 21 minutes. This was the first half of a back-to-back, so he did not play. Um, and then Seth Curry, 11 points off the bench, three of eight from, from the field, two of five from three. Uh, three or three from the line. He did just about enough. I think he was out there, Seth, to close the game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, bro, overall, the Pacers game, bro, is all yeah, I want to yeah. talk about. Let's, let's let's get to the Pacers game. So I'm done hearing you fucking ramble, bro. Pacers <laughs> game, Nets C team. We had no Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, Nick Claxton, Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris, Seth Curry. Ben Simmons. Ben, no, did I say that? I think I said that. You did? We had seven guys out. That was everyone then because I counted seven. Bro, Cam Thomas, 21 points in the fourth quarter. All right? Dayron Sharp, who I believe had 20 and 10 in this game. Let me get exact number here. 20 and 12. Okay? Markeith Morris, 15 and 11, double-double. Patty Mother Effing Mills, I'll get to him later because he reviewed a pizza place in Brooklyn and said it was great, which I vehemently disagree with. 24, 6, and 6. Sumner, 21. I'm sorry. Cam Thomas, 33. I thought he had 31. He finished with 33. And Utah Watanabe, Ian Eagle, gets an E-R-E-C-T-I-O-N every time he says his name. Watanabe, 10 and 7. This game against, listen, a lowly Pacers team. Um, I'm looking at the record now. 14 and 13. Not doing too hot. Oh, what are they? Another 14. I, I mean, wait, hold on, hold on. Out of all the teams that we just talked eighth. about, I think the Pacers are the best team. That's true. But still, eighth in the East, 14 and 14 right now. Halliburton's nice. Miles Turner's nice. Ha- uh, Halliburton is not just nice. He's a top he's, three point guard in the league right now. That's an interesting take. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that. Sure. Naismith, nice uh, uh, shooter as well. They got some guys that could play. Uh, I love Benedict Matherin. I think he, what, best rookie besides uh, Boncaro this year? I have a feeling that he's going to betray them at some point or another. Anyway, so this Pacers team is no joke. They're not, they're not elite, but we have our top seven players. Oh, I get it. Benedict Arnold is a terrible joke. But we have our top seven players. That took me a second. Spencer's just laughing. You can't even hear him. Um, our top seven players are out against a playoff contender in the East. We were losing. I think we started off hot. We were up in the first quarter, and then second and third got away from us. And in that fourth quarter, I want to say about five minutes left, we were down six, and they had a bullshit call. I almost jumped out of my seat and stabbed a bitch. No, sorry, stabbed a bitch is a heavy word. Not, not a woman. I'm calling the rest. <laughs> you know what? Let's move fast. Me saying bitch that in this phrase. context is to, to, to define <laughs> anybody is a bitch. <laughs> it's not one specific I, gender. It's I anybody. was so upset with the ref. They called, listen, Sumner was stupid enough to jump out on a three-point shot. I think it was how. Yeah, he had a lot of those, though. But but you hear, who was it, Ryan Rucco? You hear the commentators that game saying, Halliburton stepped forward. Sumner stepped back. So what could have been just three shots or even a no-call, they call a flagrant one on Sumner. And at that point, you even heard the Nets announcer say, we think that's the turning point of the game. We were down six or eight at that point. It's probably over. Cam thomas cam frank thomas cam isaiah thomas put this nets team on his back 21 points in the fourth quarter 
He could not miss. He was hitting threes. I think he went three for three from three. He has these floaters that he does around the hoop. He gets his own rebound on a missed free throw and hits the jump shot right away like it was nothing. Unfazed. Patty Mills hits a big three. But I want to say Cam Thomas put the team on his back and deserved the game ball MVP in a, in a game we were sacrificing. In a game we were like, you know what, we've jumped to fourth in the East. The Nets are currently fourth in the East at this point. Let's rest our starters. They've been working their ass off, right? Eight and two in the past ten games as of today. So let's just take a loss probably against these Pacers. We're playing our legit last eight guys on the roster and 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 you got to factor in that kevin durant royce o'neill kyrie irving have been playing ridiculous minutes this was the second half of a back-to-back you played atlanta the night before ben simmons joe harris seth curry all coming off serious off-season injuries yuda wananabe has been banged up and he actually played in this game because he didn't play the night before um so you, you got to factor you got to keep in mind that with all these things happening jacques vaughn had to do this Like he had to take a game and there were a lot of people who were pissed off. Look, if you're an Indiana Pacers fan and you go to a game to see Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, you got screwed. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to point that out. Keep going. You, you were, you were, you were going, you were on a roll there. Yeah. And you ruined my role. No, no, I, I I hear what you're saying. I listen, I was rambling. It was really fun game to watch. And you know what? That might've been more rewarding of a win than anything else to me this season. than even watching, all the amazing, unbelievable basketball this team's been playing because that was just a showcase of guys who wanted it more. That's guys who never get to see the light of day, guys who rarely – David Duke, guys like uh, who who got a lot of time last year who was a rookie who's now a sophomore. Dayron Sharp. No, no, no. Kessler Edwards. Kessler Edwards. You got the guys like Kessler Edwards, even Patty Mills, whose minutes keep getting diminished now that Sumner's coming out. Cam Thomas – who's always been a bit of a defensive liability and not really a playmaker, but always had X factor as a scorer. All these guys said, shit, this is our time to prove that we deserve to be on this team. And you just saw no egos, but just some hardcore motherfucking basketball. And that was fun to watch. And that Pacers team was flustered. Rick Carlisle was flustered. And all these little things had to fall in place in order to win this game. And they did. And seeing Patty Mills, my boy, hit that huge three to kind of seal the deal with a minute or two left. Just, just, just an unbelievably big, fun, important, rewarding win for these Nets guys. Yeah, there were about three to four reasons why this win was huge. Um, Number one, Kevin Durant absolutely fucking loved watching this. And, you know, shout out to Eric Slater, who was on Nets Twitter. He covers the Nets. He pulled two videos. One video is from earlier in the season when they asked Kevin Durant why he requested the trade in the offseason. And he basically said, you know, last season when I was out, we went on a 10-game losing streak. And everyone's like, oh, well, when Kevin Durant comes back, we're going to be fine. And he goes, I hated that mentality. I hated that mindset that everybody was depending on me to play winning basketball. He goes, I understand I'm important. I understand I I can change the game in in regards to my talent. But I needed them to take – control of that opportunity to, to say, okay, Kevin's out. Let's all step up. And they didn't. And he hated that mindset. Fast forward to now they showed him. I, I don't know if it was after the Pacers game or the, or the Wizards game uh, last night, but he basically said, I loved how our guys competed. They went into that game thinking they were going to win that game. Jacques Fon had those guys prepared and that for your superstar to see is amazing. He literally said, 
you know, I like the brand of basketball we're playing right now. It doesn't matter who's out there. It doesn't matter what the system is. We're playing the right brand of basketball. I always said this team is nothing unless Kevin Durant is bought in. And right now he's freaking bought in. So that's reason number one why this was great. Reason number two why this was great. This was a showcase of the bottom half of our roster. And Nick, you know what's coming in a few months? The trade deadline. There are guys in this in this game, in, in you know, Markeith Morris had 15 points, 11 rebounds. Not saying we need to trade him, but him, Patty Mills with 24, Dayron Sharp with 20 points, 12 rebounds, Edmund Sumner with 21 points, 7 rebounds, Cam Thomas, 33 points. You brought him up. These are guys, David Duke Jr. had seven points. Edwards had six points, nine rebounds. These are guys that maybe the Nets can throw into a trade if they need another piece, right? I love Patty Mills. He's been with the team forever. Maybe there is there is a, a team that's rebuilding that will take on a vet like Patty to help with the young players, and they can give us a piece that we really need. You know, maybe we can trade Dayron Sharp and a draft pick, and we can go acquire a real backup center. I love Dayron Sharp. 20 points and 12 rebounds is not indicative of the type of player he is right now. It just isn't. He was given the opportunity. He played great. That's awesome. But he ain't a 20 and 12 guy. So that's reason number two why this one was awesome. It, it just, you know, it showcased the rest of our, our talent. Um, and the third reason why this win was great is it just shows how special of a job Jacques Vaughn is doing with this team. I don't know if Steve Nash has these guys competing the same way. I don't know if, if Steve Nash gives Cam Thomas the keys to the offense and says, hey, go do your thing. You know, Cam Thomas is, is, is special in the sense that if you're going to run an offense around him, these are the numbers he can put up. He has yet to show he can do it consistently in, in a, a sixth or seventh man role um, in limited action, 10 to 15 minutes a game. He hasn't proven that he can be an efficient player given those limited minutes because – the best part of his game is, is volume scoring. And if he's not doing that, he's not a great defender. He's not a great rebounder. He, he's not a great distributor. Um, so this was the perfect game for Jacques Vaughn to be like, hey, none of the guys playing right now are creators. You go out, do your thing, play your game. He was phenomenal tonight. It's a first-round pick from last year, right? Like this is a guy that some teams are looking at and they're saying maybe we can use him. So three reasons why it was great. Kevin Durant, um, you know, just showing – the rest of the league, what just we have on, on our roster. Reason, just a and little bit's enough. Just a second, we're not broken, just bent, and we can learn to love again. Um, one other thing. What do you think uh, Benedict Matherin's favorite dish for breakfast is? Uh, uh, what is it? It's Eggs Benedict. Fuck. You said the Hollandaise sauce? I thought you said cereal. I said breakfast dish. Okay. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right. All right. So that's it. Nets are the hottest team in the league. And I'll I'll tell you this before we get to your height game. Wait, I want, um, okay, go. I have one other thing besides the height game, but go ahead. Is it related to that Pacers game? No, it's, it's Patty Mills reviewing, reviewing a pizza place. Oh, I do want to hear that, but real fast. So uh, Friday we have the Raptors Sunday. We have the Pistons. I think, and, and Kevin Durant's referenced the last few games as quote unquote trap games. I think one of those games is a trap game. I think we either lose to the Raptors or the Pistons. That's just me. The way the NBA works is you can't just play winning basketball the entire season. So I'm not worried about those two games. I think we split. We should go 2-0. But Wednesday, we have Golden State. And Friday, we have Milwaukee. So the 21st Golden State, the 23rd Milwaukee, both on NBA TV. Nick, I'm not buying 
that the Nets are championship contenders unless we can take one of those two games. Do you agree with me? That's a bold statement, man, because we still have a long way to go in terms of development and rotation. I, I just mean, I just mean right, right now. You, you said we're eight and two in our last 10, but who's our best win? Is it Indiana? Like, who is the best team we've beaten? It, it, I, I don't know if the Clippers were in that span. I don't, I don't know who the best team we've beaten is in, in the last, you know, 10 games. I mean, listen, we, we, beat, we beat the Pistons. We'll beat the ah, – that's a tough stretch. I think we still – I think we lose to the Warriors because I, I'm terrified of the Warriors against our defense. But I think we beat the Bucks and we could beat the Cavs. So, to me, I'm okay with a loss against the Warriors – not a team we're used to playing, not not a offensive juggernaut combo in the league that are like Clay and Steph, and our guard defense is a little slim right now. So, yes, it's important for a contender that we beat the Bucks and the Cavs, especially the Bucks to me, because that's always a, a, a real nail-biter of a game. But I'm with you there. I don't know how we beat the, the Warriors. I'm with you on that. I agree that we we have the, the capability to beat the Bucks. Um I would like to beat the Warriors. I just think they're they're starting to play their brand of basketball. They beat the Celtics the other night, and uh, know, they look good. When the Warriors are going and they figured out a way to incorporate Jonathan Kaminga into what they do on offense, they are. I mean, they're the defending champions. They're a scary fucking basketball team. Agreed. Uh, all right, all right. It's a, your, your your Patty Mills pizza review in Brooklyn. You know what? We'll do the height thing another time. We'll do the end with the Patty Mills. I'll save. I want to do the height thing. We got to do the height thing with like three guys. Fine. All right. Patty Mills went to a place called Rosa's Pizza. I live in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, New York. uh, And there are some pizza places in this area that are known as some of the best in New York City. Lynn Industry, uh, constantly ranked in Williamsburg. Best Pizza, uh, Aces Detroit style pizza, uh, Moe's Provisional another uh, more square Sicilian Detroit style pizza. Then you have other places in Brooklyn, like Park Slope. You got Luigi's, uh, unbelievable pizza as well. Lucali. Lucali, more and more New York style pizza there. So Patty Mills went to the place we call the only pizza place open at 3 a.m. if you're hammered. That is the only time we go to this place called Rose's Pizza. I have no issue with Rose's Pizza. The guys there could be kind of douches, whatever. It's late night, drunk, gets the job done pizza. Patty Mills creates a, there's a reel of Patty Mills going into Rose's Pizza because that what they have a, a Vegemite pizza. So for those of you who don't know, Vegemite uh, is an Australian food spread made from beer yeast extract. It's a dark brown, like liquidy, syrupy type thing. It looks disgusting. People think it's disgusting unless they're from Australia. They put it, they're making the dough. They put the tomato sauce. They put the Vegemite. He puts the cheese. Patty Mills takes a bite out of it, says, wow, has like this face of like, holy shit, that's pretty good. I'm not going to try it. You know, maybe I'll try this Vegemite pizza at some point. Patty Mills, you're on the Brooklyn Nets. I love you. You do a lot for this team as a veteran, a hype man. You're a solid three-point shooter. Not... Super clutch at times, but had a great game against the Pacers. 24 points, you stepped up. You deserve so much better than Rose's Pizza. The people of Brooklyn, Nets fans, deserve to see you enjoy so much more than Rose's Pizza. So this is a little disappointing to me, Spen. I sent it to all my friends. Yeah, okay, Patty Mills, this is the pizza spot he chooses. Then again, I don't know who else has a Vegemite pizza, but Rosa's bottom tier Williamsburg pizza. Y'all heard it here first. Real quick, before I forget this, I think that Patty Mills should be getting Cam Thomas's minutes in games that are competitive. When Cam Thomas plays 10 to 15 minutes, I think those are 10 to 15 minutes that should go to Patty Mills. 
that's my basketball perspective on Patty Mills. As far as this pizza right. thing, as far as this pizza thing goes, I've had roses circled on my to try list for years. You've never mentioned a word to me about it. They have one, two, one, two, three, four, five, six locations, Nick. Williamsburg, Masspeth, Ridgewood, Middle Village, Great Neck, Huntington. They must do pretty darn good business to have six locations. And I'm going to be honest with the you. best chain pizza place in Williamsburg. The best it's chain not a chain Joe's. pizza place. What are you talking? It's not a chain. It's okay, a I mean multiple franchise. A franchise. Mm-hmm. Joe's is better than Rosa's. Okay, they have 12.2 thousand followers on Instagram. So clearly, they're building their their social media following right. They have. So I'm looking at their Instagram. These pizzas look amazing. They have a ravioli vodka pizza it's half ravioli with vodka sauce and half rigatoni with vodka sauce hey listen bro that you're the pizza incredible. wizard try it come visit me we'll get a slice of roses i guarantee you won't be impressed i have the uh the reel of patty mills trying the pizza you know i think you're wrong here i think that you've never even had it i think listen if patty likes it brooklyn nets player bala matt stopped by to try our phages vegemite famous vegemite pizza he seems to like it and look, their stuff looks pretty good. These knots look incredible. Oh All my right. god, we're to, I'm done with this. I'm done with this. I'm done with this. All right, here's the deal. I'm gonna run through every single player on the Nets roster. Okay, I'm gonna. This is a rapid fire. You have about three seconds per person. There's 15 people on this roster. About one, two, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. You're, 14, you're wrong 15. about this place. By There's the way. 17 people. It's not everyone in my that I'm friends with would agree. Nobody goes there at all. And Your it's friends two, have taste up And it's ass. a two minute walk from my apartment. There's 17 people on the Nets roster right now. You get five of the heights correctly, and I'll treat you to Rose's Pizza, okay? I want you to treat me to Rose's and Lit Industry. Sure. Nick Claxton. 6'11". Yes. Seth Curry. 6'2". 6'1". David Duke. 6'2". 6'4". Kevin Durant. 6'10". Yes. Kessler Edwards. 6'9". No, 6'7". Joe Harris. 6'4". 6'6". Kyrie Irving. 6'3". 6'2". Patty Mills. I looked that up earlier in the show. Patty Mills. <laughs> Six foot. Yes. Markeith Morris. 6'9". Yes. Royce O'Neal. How many do I have? You have four. I need one more. Royce O'Neal. Royce O'Neal is 6'6". Six, six. Yes. Dayron Sharp. 6'9". Yes. Ben Simmons. 6'10". Yep, Edmund Summer. 6'1. Six, 6'4. Six, Cam Thomas. 6'3. Yes, TJ Warren. 6'7. We said 6'8. You guessed 6'9 and 6'10, and we said 6'8. Utah Watanabe. 6'8. Yes, Alande Williams. 6'5. Six, 6'4. Six, you got 9 out of 17. That was really good. When you're off, you're off by like 4 inches, but you got what needs to matter. I owe you Rose's Pizza. You can let the people know on the on one of these podcasts coming up whether or not Anla Industry Roses Anla Industry. You I got you a slice from Industry before. You've had Industry. Did you pay for it? I we ran in and got you a slice. I'm pretty sure. You can't do the bet after you've already bought me the slice. All right, good stuff, bro. All right, well, you got to do the sign off. You can't just leave. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick, brought to you by Empire Sports Media, and I mostly blame myself. Nick, take it away. Catch you on the fireside with a dollar.